Good afternoon. This is Nick Augustine here for Texas Law Talk Radio, and I'm here with attorney Joe Zay at Joe Zay and Associates in Pasadena, Texas. Joe, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you today, Nick? I'm doing well. We're enjoying some good weather. We're not uh, dying in these jackets quite yet, are we? Not yet. Give not us another month or so. People are getting attacked and hit by umbrellas. You know, believe it or not, I've actually had a case or two about, you know, where somebody was unfortunately hit by an umbrella where it wasn't properly secured at a, it was actually at a Starbucks coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah. Flying umbrellas. Yeah, it was early in the morning and it was a pretty windy day and it just picked up the umbrella and struck him. Oh man. Yeah. That's not a good way to start your day. <laughs> it was terrible. It was unfortunately that, you know, she was injured um, and we were able to help her out. How, what, what kind of injuries did she sustain from that? She sustained a lot of bruising um, on her on her abdomen, and she was mid fifties, I would say. Um, and we did we were able to get her to the treatment she needed. Um, we have a lot of providers we work with in our network where, no matter the the severity of the injury, no matter what kind of injury they have, you know our clients have, we are able to find a location or a provider that can assist them. You know, some of our clients do have health insurance. However, some of our clients don't have health insurance. Right. And the big issue is when people do not have health insurance, unfortunately, they don't know where to go because most people will not treat you unless you have health insurance or, you know, cash or out-of-pocket payments. Well, even if you need, I mean, just to get a referral to another specialist, you almost need to have an insurance plan to go to the place to get the referral, you know, even if it's in a strip mall or wherever it is. But That's correct. It's an interesting thing. All right, so getting growing on our first... Um, on our first podcast here, um, level. let's just talk a little bit about you, about you and your practice. What made you decide that personal injury law was the way you wanted to help people, and how long have you been uh, in private practice here? So I've been in private practice for a little over 10 years now. Um, I've been doing this for some time where th this firm is all going almost on its third year. Um, I've represented thousands of clients where some of them weren't as catastrophic as others. Some of them were minor impact hits and some of them were a, little, a lot more severe. And unfortunately, some of them were wrongful death claims. Um, we do handle cases from anywhere from you know your typical parking lot hit or accident on the freeway. And some of them are where our clients are not so lucky. They're not so fortunate to make it out of the car accident. Um, so we handle a little bit of everything in between. I find that there's a lot of people who, like you say, don't know what to do and they're fearful of, they're fearful of a lot of things and they don't know, you know, especially, you know, what happens. I watch a lot of the police shows, right? And, you know, there may be times that people get pulled over and they may have had a couple beers. They may have, you know, there could be something in the car, you know, who knows? There's, sure. You know, and there's that or there's people with questions about their immigration status uh, i was talking to a, another personal injury lawyer friend of mine who said that a lot of people are afraid to call because they're afraid that something's going to happen to them so um i think it's really important to sort of settle a lot of people's concerns and let them know that you need to do things in the right order in the right way to protect yourself and protect your family because when something goes bad we don't know what's going to happen so we need the right people to help us and with so many accidents happening close to our home isn't it true that most bad things happen within what five or ten miles within a three mile radius that's what i've heard too yeah um interesting that you bring that up nick um i've had multiple clients where they'll call us and say hey i wasn't a bad accident however i don't have status in this country and is this going to affect me my status or am i going to get deported or if they find out about this am i not supposed to be here well we just handle the personal injury side of it. We can always recommend you to an immigration attorney so that you can 
do the necessary steps and take the proper protocol as far as getting your status. But I've never had a client of mine say, well, you, you sent me to the hospital or I went to the hospital and got treatment and all of a sudden they deported me from the hospital. That's never happened. But they don't know that, you know. Right. People don't, they hear stories about bad things happening. Correct. And it stems from like, hey, I talked to my cousin or I talked to my friend and your cousin or friend probably doesn't know the law. Right, right. You know, or someone Right. Right. Because her, her son had something that happened, you know. So Correct. Right, right. The experts in the grocery store, not always the experts. That's right. Okay, so tell us, for people who are... Um, like me, uh, driving here and I'm on uh, 45, otherwise I call it a break, break, break. Pay attention. Correct. Because people are, oh, am I exiting? I'm hopping in this lane. Boom, I just hit someone. That's right. You know, I'm on my way here to do a podcast with you and I just rear-ended a plumbing truck. You know, what do I do? You're, I'm in a, in, let, let's say I'm on 45 right there in the <laughs> middle of that traffic, that artery, trying to get through downtown. Right. What do you do? So the first thing I always recommend to any friends and family that, you know, sometimes I've had Unfortunately, close friends and family call me from the scene of an accident, and the first thing I always tell them to do is, hey, is everybody okay? Are you okay? Is everybody with you okay? You know, checking on the other vehicle. Are they okay? Then I always recommend calling 911. The police can come out. A, they can get you guys situated, get, get you off the road, get you to a safer spot, because as you know, 45 is pretty pretty bad. Traffic's really bad. It's gotten, I feel like it's just gotten worse. Um, so you want to get to a safe spot so that nobody else is injured, right? Um, and sometimes vehicles need to be towed. It's always good to have a police officer there because they'll get your version of the story. They'll potentially get the other side of the, you know, the, the adverse driver's story and any independent witnesses. And those are key components as to whether or not, how do you proceed with that case? And then, you know, a lot of times an officer is going to investigate. And what that means is they're going to want to figure out who you are, who's the owner of the vehicle, who has insurance, who doesn't have insurance. And, you know, he may cite somebody based on what he sees or what his investigation leads to. Um, sometimes drivers will tell an officer something and once they get home, they realize, uh oh, like maybe I didn't say the correct thing or maybe I don't want to say the correct thing because my insurance prices may go up. So when they call their own insurance, their version of the story may have changed. So it's always key to call 911 right away. Now. Whether or not the police officers show up, that could be a different thing. Sometimes police officers do not show up, and that's just out of your control. But it's always key to make sure everybody's okay, make sure everybody gets off the road safely, and if anybody's vehicle needs to be towed, get their car towed. Um, it's, it's also important that you, you, you want to document as much as you can, right? So you want to take photos of your car, you want to take photos of the other car, right? You want, you want to get the defendant's information, whether it's his ID, his or her ID, um, their driver's license, their insurance card, photos of all vehicles, their license plate information, that's all very important. Um, one key thing, and this rarely happens, but if you have like a dash cam, that's usually really good. Yeah. It's very indicative of what happened. You really can't They're say right. that's not the truth. Um, but I've had a handful of clients through time, what they'll do is make the defendant say, hey, I'm so sorry I hit you. And, you know, it's, it's a party admission, and it's really hard to fight fight that later down the road saying, hey, I didn't hit him. So that that's really key. If you can get the other person to say, I'm so sorry I hit you, I didn't see the red light, that's going to be, could be potentially a game changer as to how that case proceeds. 
Well, something, what if the other driver comes after you, you know, and is having a bad day and wants to take it out on you? I mean, it can be scary. You know, you've got to be safe and secure first and foremost. But, yeah, be careful on what you say to who. And, um, you know, it's like, when do they talk to you versus when, because, like, the insurance company is going to call them when they get home, and they don't know if that's their insurance company on the phone. Right. You know, one of the people who works for their insurance company or the other people's Correct. insurance company. It's if you have any bodily injury, I always urge clients or potential clients not to speak to any insurance company. Mm -hmm. You can you know call your insurance company, tell them you know what happened with your car, but it's always in your best interest, in my opinion, not to speak to an insurance company, and that's based off my experience. Right. And what do I mean by saying that? I've had. Lots of clients through time call me and say, hey man, I was in this really bad accident. This is what happened. Okay, what happened? I'm sorry to hear that. I was in an accident last week. Okay, I was rear-ended by somebody and my car is a total loss. It's a total loss. Okay, so how can I help you? Well, I already talked to the insurance company and they already wrote me a check. And when I say, and I hear that, I'm like, the case is done. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. So what the insurance company may do is they may sound like they're there to help you. But they say, well, I mean, you don't have anything we need to pay you off for. Well, we'll give you $1,000. Or they may give you a little bit more than that to kind of entice you. Well, the minute you accept that check for your bodily injury claim, your case is over. Let's go right there into another important topic. Is people don't realize how hurt they are, especially right after a soft tissue injury. You know, they may feel they're going to be better, but they haven't yet experienced. If you've got back pain or things or discs that are moving around and going to give you problems with the chiropractor, that might not be an immediate thing, and people might not realize the injuries long term down the road and how much care they're going to need. And they may just think, "Ooh, I'm going to get a new car, get some cash, or like hook it up." Like, no, 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 no. You need to be more prudent than that. And that's what why they usually accept it. So sometimes on the day of the accident, like you know, you have. You're involved in it. You're on your way to work. You're doing. You're taking your kids to school, or something happens, and all of a sudden you're in an accident. Mm -hmm. Well, now your mind has shifted. Like, okay, are my kids okay? Is my you know, spouse okay? Or is the other side okay? What's going on, right? So you have a lot of moving parts, right? And at the same time, there's a lot of a lot of adrenaline going. So you don't realize because you're sitting there dealing with both, you know, you and the other vehicle, and the police may come out, and maybe the EMS comes out. So you don't realize till maybe later that day or the next morning. It's like, oh. I don't know, now I feel it. And that's that's common. It's normal. Um, matter of fact, we had a call this morning. Somebody was hit by an 18-wheeler. At first, he's like, Joe, I'm not really feeling much. I'm like, oh, if you're not injured, you're not injured. Just let me know. And then he calls back two, two hours later. He said, you know what? I just got home and it's starting to set in. I'm like, adrenaline's coming off. Adrenaline's coming off. It's fading away. He's like, well, it's not like I have any breaks, but my neck is stiff. And my back was hurting. I said, well, if you need some help, we can assist. You know, we're here to help anybody that is injured. So when someone comes in and we're going to have a, you know, where they're looking at have filing a, a case, they've got, sure. a, they've got an injury. We're just going to, today we're just kind of focusing on car accidents. They're, of course, like personal injury is not just car accidents and car accidents. There's a whole line of things. And, we could talk more about that in, in a bit, but um, when we're having a car accident, the case is filed. Most cases settle out of court, as most of us hear on TV, and we always hear no fee unless you win, no Correct. costs, and all that. 
How long does that usually take for most people? Because I mean, from my understanding, when the insurance companies will come and try to settle with people real quick and you know, they're trying to get you to not file a case, and you know, they're gonna tell you, well, this is gonna drag on forever, the case is gonna take so long, you're gonna have to go to court and all this, and they try to scare the people into Correct. settling. Well, that's, I mean, the, the answer to that is it's hard to answer, and I don't mean to like dodge around that yeah. answer, but you know, you could come to me and you may need two weeks of treatment and you say, Joe, I'm, you know, I feel great. Let's get this case wrapped up. On the flip side, if it's a more catastrophic injury or it's a little bit more severe um, or very severe, it could be a two-year process, right? So how much time do you need to recover? A lot of the cases may settle within six to nine months, mm -hmm. right? But that depends on the fact pattern, okay? So that depends on the fact pattern as to the status of your injury. But sometimes also there's other variables and factors that come into play, meaning sometimes you have an insurance company on the other side that's not willing to, to work with you. There, there's some insurance companies that no matter what you do, or no matter what medical bills and records you provide to them, they may just come back and say, you know what, we're not gonna offer you anything, just file a lawsuit. So there, we have unfortunately some insurance carriers out there, predominantly in Texas, that are, that are doing this. So they were saying, look, we're not gonna make an offer. And sometimes when you file a lawsuit, they'll make you an offer right away. So it really, it's, it's a really case by case basis. Yeah. 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 So it's hard to answer as far as the timeline, but you do have a two year statute of limitations, meaning you either have to settle the case within two years or you have to file a lawsuit to preserve the case within the two year window. Okay. Well, most people, when you have a soft tissue injury, usually there's treatment with a chiropractor, physical therapist, towards to make sure that everything is where it's going to be and you're not going to have right. long-term or permanent injuries because those can become chronic. I mean, anyone who's had pain that, you know, when you have pain, it's the body telling you something's wrong. Right. You don't take care of that, it can get worse. Um, again, with how long things can take, but there's treatment with the chiropractor. Um, what are some common things that can, people can expect generally with general soft tissue you know, minor car wrecks where, you know, the airbag is deployed and we don't have broken bones or anything, but we're banged up a little bit. So, so more times than not, you'll be able to see a physical therapist or a chiropractor, right? We can get you to see somebody pretty quickly. Um, that's usually going to be indicative of where the case goes, right? Mm -hmm. the, the client may feel better in a, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of weeks and they may not need more than two or three weeks of treatment. However, if it's a more severe injury, well, they may need more time. They may need some x-rays or MRIs or um, pain management. But that's not a decision we make. That is a decision is very subjective. How's the client feeling? You know, Insurance companies will have a tendency to tell you, well, this is not that severe an accident. Why do they need six months of treatment? I'm like, I'm not a doctor, but the client said they were injured and they have to go with what the client says, mm -hmm. right? It's a very subjective you know, question. And the scenario of what, what the insurance companies will try to do is try to tell you, well, the books say they only need two, two weeks of treatment for an accident like this. Well, what if the client already had pre-existing issues? That's not their fault. Nobody asked to be in this accident. Right. The, the client, I can assure you, did not want to be there at the time your, your insured hit them going 60 miles an hour. Right. They didn't sign up for that. Right. You know, Insurance companies will have a tendency to, to look at everything but what their insured did wrong. They want to tell you, why does your client need this much treatment? Well, why don't we talk about your insured for a little bit? 
Why was he drinking and driving in the rear end of my client? And why is your computer telling me what the cases were? Correct. Because that's something that blows a lot of people's minds when they're like, what do you mean the computer? Well, there's software programs that's right. that will put in, and it's almost like, you know, we hear a lot about, I was listening to a radio show on the way here today, and they were talking about um, chat GBT and artificial intelligence. Right. About, um, they, were talk, the story, they were talking about how many different uses there were for a fork. You know, and then what you could do with a fork, including like scraping bird dew off the window of the car. And they were like, no, I wouldn't do that. But so the artificial intelligence can be way off base and kind of crazy sometimes. Correct. You know? So, but that, that same AI program may be involved in spitting out the number that says, well, here, Joe, is what your person's case is worth this. That's right. You're saying you're an artificial intelligence, you're a computer, I'm a lawyer. No. So, so I'll, I'll give you a prime example, right? We had a case just. We settled it just less than a month ago. And our client was coming out of the Houston Rodeo. And the defendant was coming out of the Houston Rodeo as well. Yeah. Well, the defendant's driving a big F-250 truck. And a lot of us have been to the Rodeo. A lot of us know what happens at the Rodeo. Um, some people tend to drink a little bit more than they should. No. Yes. Yeah. Really? <laughs> First time event. So that being said, um, the defendant comes out of the vehicle and he starts yelling at my client. He's intoxicated. Yeah. He doesn't get arrested because he flees the scene of an accident. Right. Because so, why would you stay? Right. So he starts yelling at my client, mm-hmm. being belligerent, and the insurance company Allstate offered me a low number on this case. Uh-huh. And they're saying, well, the medicals, and we don't think they need this treatment, and you know, their software tells them what the case is worth. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I really don't care what your software is to say. Mm-hmm. Look at this video, and I think your opinion will change. <laughs> and the defendant... Just so happens to take out a knife out of his pocket and stabs my client's tires and slashes them. <laughs> then he takes off. Right. So I said, if you think we're going to settle this case for anything less than policy limits, we'll Did see you in court. smile, when, you know, at least for the camera? Did he know it was being recorded? I, I don't think so because it was all on video. Well, think about it. Like sometimes like the cars like Teslas have cameras recording automatically. You don't even have to tell it. That's correct. Not only that. Or the person taking, what about the security at the parking lot? Well, it was a little bit further out. So the security was there, but the you, nowadays, you're right. Yeah. There's, there's cameras everywhere. If it's not surveillance, it's somebody's pulling out their phone out of their pocket. Yeah. And when we sent this video to them, I said, look, you guys have a choice. You either write check for the policy limits or are you guys going to go to court? Yeah. And they called me back and they wrote us the policy limits checks because I said, look, your software can tell you whatever you want. I, I don't care. How, how fun is that phone call for you to get from them when they backpedal? It's like a huge victory in my head, right? Yeah. Because it's it's telling them their software is wrong. Yeah. You know, and knowing that we did best and we got justice for the client because we made him whole. We did the best we could on that case. There's nothing left on the table. Right. Joe, what's your favorite part of personal injury practice? And then what's your least favorite part? Favorite part is helping people out helping the people out that don't know what their options or remedies are, right? Because more times than not, a lot of our clients have never been in an accident before, which is a good thing, right? They've never been in an accident. The problem is they don't know what to do. So they don't know what legal options they have. They don't know what options they have in general. So when we take a case on, we tell them about a lot of different options they have. Um, Seeing them get back, back to their normal life, seeing them recover, the key goal is, A, to get them to feel the way they felt prior.
prior to the accident, right? And then we want to get them compensated for the pain and suffering that comes along the way, right? Because when you're in an accident, you have to seek treatment. You may have to go to the doctor a handful of times. You may go see, you know, different providers. Well, that's taking away from your day-to-day. That means I might be missing my job. I might not be able to see my kids' events. That may mean, you know, I'm just taking time away from my spouse or whatever I, it is that you do in your life, mm-hmm. right? Because now it's a huge inconvenience for you. And it's not a one-time event. You may go see a doctor two, three times a week for a six-week process, depending on the severity of your injuries. That's a lot. It, it takes away you from, from your day-to-day. Well, and where do people come up with the money for that? I mean, there's not a lot of people who have a lot of, a lot of that's out of pocket, especially when you're talking about people who don't have insurance. And that is more common, especially as we have a whole generation of people who embrace the side hustle economy and they have, you know, there's a lot of people who have like multiple side hustle jobs and they're pulling in a good amount of money right but they're not in that traditional corporate world right. where they have that health insurance and when it comes down to the rising cost of everything around us and um you know so how do people pay for that out of pocket what if the doctor wants them to come forever and then there's these funding companies we see ads for i don't know what to sure. do sure so so we we work with a multitude of providers that will actually treat you without needing anything up front they'll see you they'll actually get paid when the case settles right and and one of the benefits for for clients are even if you do have health insurance each and every time you see any provider when you go use your health insurance card that means there's a copay why should any one of our clients or my clients be responsible for the copay that somebody else for based on somebody else's negligence that's my point you know you hit us therefore you should pay for this and that's our, our, our ultimate goal is to get the client to a remedy where it's not costing him anything because he didn't ask, he or she did not ask to be in that position, right? So, so one of the questions you asked me earlier is, what's my worst case? Well, the worst case that I've ever had or that we do, I deal with almost day in and day out is telling a client I can't assist them, meaning, hey, the person on the other side was not even insured. Or the person on the other side was not supposed to be driving this vehicle, and they don't have insurance, meaning we can't recover. We cannot recover from that from the defendant, and informing the client as to what insurances they should have, because if they don't have insurance and the other side doesn't have insurance, well, we really can't do much in that case. There's a there's a handful of remedies that may be available. Um, it's always important. I tell each and every one of my clients that it's always always important to carry UMUIM insurance so that if you are hit by the drunk driver that's going 100 miles an hour on a Friday night, hey, even if they don't have insurance, you can protect yourself because you're, you're insured. And whatever else insurance they have, we'll take that, you know, we can pursue that as well. But at least know that you can sleep at night knowing you're insured because insurance is something we all pay for, hoping that we never need it. Let's talk about the unfortunate people who are not able to recover and get back on their feet. People who may succumb to their injuries and pass away. People who are people who don't make it through the accident. Um, they may be leaving behind family. Sure. Um, you know, it could be a child, but it also could be the major income earner for the family. Right. So, um, tell us a little <coughs> bit about wrongful death cases. 
So in wrongful death, there's a, there's a lot of different ways we can, you know, pursue those claims and there's a lot of different ways to, to recovery. Of course, you know, one of them is being, you know, the, the pain and suffering for, for the decedent. But, you know, one of the key things would be lost wages and potential lost wages for future lost wages. Um, and we have experts that can get involved, that can calculate the amount of damages that the decedent or, you know, the, the family would actually suffer, you know, as a result of the loss. Um, but the, the key thing you always want to know is how much money are we even going after? Who's on the other side? Is, is it somebody that's not insured? Well, probably can't do much in that case, right? Now, if you have a big insurance company on the other side, you got hit by an 18-wheeler, well, go, guess what? Those guys usually carry a bigger policy. And when you have a bigger policy, that's going to allow hopefully a bigger recovery based on what happened in the case, right? So the key thing is one of the first things we do on each and every one of our cases, we try to figure out who's on the other side of this case. Well, there's some insurance companies that we know that only sell minimum policies. Mm -hmm. And in the state of Texas, the minimum liability policy is $30,000. So you know from the onset that you're only going to be dealing with a $30,000 policy. Now, sometimes you get hit by one of these major corporations, you know, and their 18-wheeler or their big box trucks. Well, then you know that you're dealing with a lot more coverage on the other side. Mm -hmm. Another thing that can happen with people is unfortunately not getting the correct or the best medical care. And there are times that we have, um, you know, medical problems with um, medical malpractice. I mean, I know that that's not a very common thing that happens. And, you know, there's, but I've heard of people who go through surgeries and have, literally pieces of medical equipment, things like leftover, um, screws falling in, I mean, it's really kind of, it's awful. It is. It's some of the stuff that I've heard. We, we've seen some cases where surgery may have, was supposed to take place on somebody's left leg. Oh no, and they did, yeah. And they did it on the right leg. Oh, no. So unfortunately, doctors are humans. They do make mistakes. And they have to actually literally go in and mark like this leg. Right. So with that being said, you know, that's, that's a huge mistake. Can you even imagine? That's a huge mistake. What happens? You know, that, that's when you start getting, you know, figuring out who was on this operating room. Who was, who prepared this? Who's the doctor that referred you there? Which facility did this take place at? You want to kind of know all the details so that we can figure out which parties to pursue. Because there's a lot of investigation that goes on with medical malpractice cases. You know, it makes you not want to leave the house. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yes, it does. That said, that said, you can get injured at home. Um, you can have a you can have a bunch of people over for a barbecue. Your dog bites their kid. Their kid falls on something in your yard. Their kid scrapes their hand. Their you know anything. So there's so many different things that happen within the world of injury law and today we're talking about car accidents but right. you know there's also you know there's also I mean we're here in Pasadena you know home of everyone on those urban cowboy I always like to you know I'd be remiss if I didn't say something about premise liability and falling off That's the right. medical bill you know but also I mean there's just you know, falls at home um, you know falls at HEB there's all sorts of things so tell us you know, in addition to car accidents, all the other types of situations where people do come to your firm here uh, for for assistance with their injuries. Sure, we actually have a lot of 
what we call slip and fall premises cases, you know, HEBs, Walmarts, you know, anything Kroger's, anything of that sort. We have dog bite cases, right? We have motorcycle cases, 18 wheeler cases, Uber, Lyft, any one of those, you know, ride share programs. Um, we have cases, I mean, any case that's where you can sustain an injury, we handle. Yeah. Right. The Uber and Lyft thing is interesting. I've never thought about that. I've never encountered that yet. Not right. Yet, but so, so we just, we just, we've got a policy there. So while the Uber driver's on the clock for Uber, Uber's policy kicks in. Mm -hmm. If they're just driving around, but they're not on the app, mm -hmm. it's the driver's personal policy. Now, those are two different policies. You definitely want them to be on the Uber clock, mm -hmm. assuming, you know, the regular policy is a smaller policy. Uber tends to carry bigger, bigger limits. So what happens if the Uber driver is, well, <clears throat> the lawyer nerd says within the scope of your employment is doing the things that Uber wants you to do. But what if you go out of the scope of your employment, you go rogue and you start being a crazy Uber driver and you're speeding or you're drunk or you're doing... Whatever, Uber drivers are human, they could be bad folks just like anybody else. Um, is that gonna, is Uber, is Uber gonna come back and say, try to deny the claim and say our guy left the scope of that, you know, respondeat superior type relationship? In my experience, Uber Uber's policy will still cover it. Uh -huh. They'll still um, try to settle it. Um, it would be bad PR if they it didn't. Bad PR for them. Yeah, no right. one would take it. They, they they don't need you know the bad PR. Right. Sometimes insurance companies make something called a business decision. Right. Hey, let's make a business decision and shut this thing down before it kind of goes out. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want this on the news because yeah. it hurts their business. Right. There's so okay. So we have the whole myriad of things from um, you know we talked about umbrellas, um, <laughs> umbrellas at Starbucks. Yeah, I mean, it's really unfortunate people get hit by 18 wheelers. I mean, it's just like the traffic, you know, here's the problem we have here is we have so many people moving in this area from all over the country and in other, not only this country, from other countries. Right. We've got people not only with different driving styles, we have people who didn't drive before. Correct. Um, and I was thinking about that. There's some of people who lived in bigger cities like New York who didn't have cars and then they come here. That's right. They're driving around and they're trying to negotiate, like, you know, you got to get over here, get over here, like, how to cut 30 people off without causing a wreck yourself. That's right. You know, so there, there's people, I mean, it's, it's a dangerous, you know, there's, there's a lot of wrecks out there. It's a dangerous thing. So how, how can people, just to kind of wrap up, what are some good safety tips to make us safer when we leave the house? One of the key things I always advise is always maintaining distance. You know, maintaining distance from other drivers, right? Because if if the driver behind you is really close to you, well, what if that person just picked up the phone and just totally ignored the fact that you hit your brakes, mm -hmm. right? So, distance is key, and then another key thing is keeping your distractions to like basically zero. But you know, sometimes you have kids yelling, sometimes your phone is ringing, sometimes people are putting on their makeup and. There's a lot of different things that you see people doing on the road that like... It's amazing. That's, it, it's, it, it's bad for society, right? Yeah. Because you may be, you know, you may hit somebody and just totally go home and you're okay. Well, what if, what if you kill somebody accidentally? What if somebody's accidentally crossing the street? Parking lots. I saw a thing on Facebook the other day about people who said like, some of these people who drive through parking lots, like they're trying to qualify yes. for NASCAR, right. they have never lost a child. 
And like you lose a child for five minutes and you're looking at a parking lot and people are flying around there. That's right. You know, oh crap, my kid. That's right. And you know, I mean, things can happen just so easily. And you know, my other thing is lane changes. Like I'm a, I'm a distance person. Like I like to leave at least a mile between me and the next car. Sometimes right. I red lights, people cut in front of me and right. it's not so fun, but right. um, that's how I was taught to drive. My, I was also taught like to don't change lanes unless you really need to. Correct. You know, because we see people hopping over here and I mean, the lane changes, that leads to collisions pretty easily. Lane changes are okay. If you're at a stoplight and your light turns green, remember, you can't just take off. Right. You have to wait till look left and look right again because, you know, if your if your light turned green, well, what if somebody else is running a red light? Right. Then that may per that person may hit you. Right. And they may come back and say, well, you know, you didn't even take a look and see if that car was anybody was coming through. Yeah. So you always just have to keep your eyes on the road, be well aware of your surroundings, keep a proper distance. Um, sometimes people are in a rush to get somewhere. Hey, leave five minutes earlier. Right. It'll solve your problem. There's a you know neighborhood by me where it's right off of it's right off the highway and there's a four-way intersection that I swear some people don't expect there to be a four-way stop there and I've seen people fly right through new neighborhood in an area that wasn't sure. there before a new road most of the people who are moving in are from different areas and right just and it's like I don't have to leave I don't have to go more than two minutes from my house to almost get killed and the right. most close calls that I've had have been that or getting on or off a of feeder road. Right. Um, you know, that's because people just don't know and you just, you can't expect them to, you just can't expect them. That's to know. right. And, and you never know who's driving around you, right? Yep. You know, what if that person is not even a qualified driver? Right. And, and there's a lot of people that we get, we see, in, you know, accidents where the defendant should have never been behind the wheel because they don't have a driver's license or they don't necessarily have the, 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 the qualifications to be behind the wheel. Have that uninsured, underinsured motorist. Absolutely. Motorist. Tell us Absolutely. a little bit, tell us about that again, and how to add that. Isn't some of that required by the state? The it is not. Unfortunately, all you need to do to drive legally in the state of Texas is have a liability policy, which the liability policy will, would cover me if I you know, hit the car in front of me, or if I, if I was at fault for an accident. But if somebody hits me and they're at fault, yet they don't have insurance, I don't get to recover from them. So uninsured, underinsured insurance, UM, UIM. Uninsured means the adverse driver was not insured, or underinsured is means that the person didn't carry enough coverage. You know, if, if the, the defendant only had a thirty thousand dollar policy, yet your case may be worth in excess of a hundred thousand, well, their thirty thousand dollar policy is not gonna be sufficient to cover what your case is worth. So then you would go to your underinsured policy. And hopefully you have enough coverage there to, to compensate you for your pain and suffering and to make you whole. And it's one of one of the key components that I probably say four times four four to five times a day. Make sure you have this. All right. It's super super important. All right. So it's also important. I want everyone to put Joe on their phone. So under Joe's a personal injury lawyer or right. whoever you want to put it, tell tell the people your phone number. So our number here is two eight one nine nine zero five two zero zero. Can they text that somehow? Uh, we do not take text, but we're pretty much open twenty four. We're open twenty four seven. Someone will answer. Somebody answers our phones all day. All right. Cool. Yes. All right, so they should definitely call. What if they want to email if they have a question? Or you can email us at info i n f o at joe j o e zaid z a i d dot com. All right, tell the folks where you're located here. We're located in Pasadena, Texas. It's a little suburb outside of Houston. 
Um, we, we handle cases throughout the state of Texas. Okay, so they could be from Houston down in Galveston and on their way back and they could Absolutely. be in Dallas, but they're from here. Right. We even handle cases out in Dallas, San Antonio, Corpus, uh, Austin, and we actually have some cases outside of Texas as well. All right. Good all right. Well, um, thank you all for listening. And I do hope that people, when you find our podcast here in Texas Law Talk Radio, would share that because, you know, if I went and surveyed everybody in this building about like a near miss or almost hitting someone or getting hit, I bet there's a lot of people who are going to say that it was like pretty close and probably within a week. That's you right. know, so you just never know. And uh, hopefully they don't need to call you, but if they do, give them that number again. 281-990-5200. All right. Joe Zay from Joe Zay and Associates. This is your host, Nick Augustine. Thank you, for Joe, for being our featured sponsor for today's Texas Law Talk Radio episode. Please be good to one another and uh, let us know if you have a good idea for a show. We've got social media pages. Find us on Texas Law Talk Radio. Thank you all again. Everyone have a great day.